for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Let's get right into it. Our text, our springboard text. This is part four of a series I've been sharing on the fire of God. I felt led to talk about the fire of God because we use the word so much. And we say, well, that's fire, or what a fiery, or I'm on fire, or you're not on fire, or get on fire, and you know, all these things we talk about, and then we're like, well, what, is, what does the scripture have to say about that? It's a good thing to go to the scripture about things, right? Right, so uh, this is part four, and the springboard text is Isaiah 33, verse 14, the second part of that. Uh, it says this, it's in your notes. Who among us can dwell with the devouring fire? And who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? And so it's like here the prophet uh, Ezekiel is encouraging us and he's asking us a question, who can dwell, the last part there, with That says all-consuming fire. Another version is uh, everlasting burnings. And he's basically saying the same thing that the prophet Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Uh, uh, Isaiah is saying God is looking. He's asking the question, who is going to make the choice to stand in the gap before me for the land. Who is going to, in the midst, in the context of God's devouring fire of end-time judgment, who, amidst this backdrop of perilous times, how many of you know we're going through times of great peril? Perilous means dangerous. Amidst these perilous times, And there's an increase of pressure in our world, pressure that's causing multitudes of people around the earth to fall into fear, to come under the dominion of offense or lust or deception or despair. In the midst of this, Isaiah is asking, who is going to make the choice to go against the grain and to live their life as a fiery Christian when so many are growing cold in their love for God? It's a question because I think it has a lot to do with what we choose in our own lives. But it really had life on it. Ever have it where God puts something in your heart, an impression, and you're like, that's got life on it. Well, it stayed with me through the day. I am the God who answers by fire. And so I sensed the Lord interrupting my plan for this series on the fire of God and giving me a new plan. Now, how many of you think I should go with God's plan, right? Because his plan is always better. And so I'm going with his plan. So last week and this week, I've been talking about how we can get more fire in our lives. I think we live at a level 
of zeal for God, but I think I know I want more, and I think we need more because of what's coming at us more, right? And so I had a picture of a gas stove. We had a gas stove one time, and you know, the pilot light, and then there's one, two, three, four, the flame can go higher and higher. I want my flame to go higher, because when my flame on my gas stove in my heart is higher, I can be more effective when I'm cooking a stew or whatever it is, right? Maybe not always, you don't want to scorch stuff, but I want to be more effective than I currently am. And so I want to look at this again this week specifically at this phrase, the God who answers by fire. And I knew it was from 1 Kings 18 where in which the prophet Elijah is confronting the prophets of Baal, and there's a showdown of power going on. And we're going to read it in a little bit. Most of you are familiar with that. Elijah calls down fire. And it's a dramatic showdown in which God wins, the devil loses, and people repent. Okay, so I believe... God is still answering by fire. So, when he says answer, I believe if God's answering by fire, that means we must ask for it. If he answers, means we must ask. We must go for it. We must seek after more. It just doesn't come automatically. I love this old song, Michael W. Smith wrote called More Love, More Power. Anybody remember that? More love, more power, more of you in my life. See, that's what fire is. It's more love. More, what do you say? I'm seeking more fire. You're basically saying I'm seeking more encounter with your love. More of you. I will worship you with all of my heart. Michael W. Smith writes, I will worship you with all my mind. I will worship you with all my strength, for you are my God. There's a seeking inside that I believe God wants to stir us in greater ways. Because when we seek him more, I believe he will answer with more fire. How many of you are with me on that? You, you, I, you, you would agree, yes, I want more fire, that means... I need God to help me to seek him more. Now, I thought about this a little bit. More fire, what does that mean in particular? I have a couple things I put in your notes. Kind of already alluded to the first one. More fire means more love and zeal. Energizing our heart, invigorating our heart to love God more. I would say that's the first and greatest reason to want more fire. You know why? It's because the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so I want to be able to love him more. In fact, in John 17, Jesus is praying for us that one day we, the church, will have the same quality and intensity of love for Jesus as the Father does. What a goal. What a bar. 
it takes, well, they have a saying in the prayer room in Kansas City, it takes God to love God. In other words, we need God to help us love him. I could stand up here and go, y'all need to love God more. Well, you know what helps me over the years? I go, it take, you got to help me love you more. And then they sing, it takes, it takes God to love God, so increase revelation. Because the more I can see of you, the more I will love you. And so David said in Psalm 36, in your light, we see light. And then David says in Psalm 4, verse 6, Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon me. And so that's a great way to increase your love and zeal for the Lord is say, Lord, would you shine your light on me and let me see your beauty. Let me see your love for me. Kyle shared last week and others shared at the end of the service where God impressed them that God burned. Because last week's message was find out where God's burning and then step into his fire. Well, Kyle shared God burns for you. He burns for you. And I felt this, like people were getting revelation of how much he loves you. He has a burning, all-consuming fire for you, Judy. It's like, I love you. Well, when you see how he feels about you, then you're able to respond back with love. 1 John 4.13 says, We love him because he first loved us. So we pray for the increase of revelation for the Lord to lift up the light of his countenance upon us. The second one, more love can mean more authority on our words as we share the gospel with other people and as we just talk with other people about things God's showing us. More authority, when I have more fire in my life, Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Uh, it's, the gospel means there's power for salvation to people who believe. Well, I want the, there it is, I want the power of God to be at work where I'm sharing the good news of Jesus and somebody's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. It's like in Acts chapter 2. Think about Acts chapter 2. They were in the upper room praying for over 40 days. They prayed, asking God to move. Then God answered by fire. The God who answers by fire, it was fire that came down and rested over on people's heads. Acts chapter 2. And so God answered by fire. Peter stands up and he says, shares the gospel. And then people respond by saying, it says they were cut to the heart. And they said, what must we do to be saved? I want that kind of authority on my words when I share with people. Where they say, wow, that makes sense. And you say, are you ready? They're like, yeah, I'm ready. I want that. Anybody remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials? 
when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. I want to have that kind of authority, <clears throat> not just in sharing the gospel, but when I share something God's put on my heart with people, I want them to say, I want it to really make sense to them. So more fire means it's like the light bulb goes off when we talk to people. <clears throat> then there's this little C there in your notes, more confidence. When the fire of God comes, when we have more fire, we have more confidence to pray for people in faith. You know, I think a lot of Christians don't pray for as many people as they maybe want to because they don't have confidence that their prayers will really work. I mean, let's just be really honest. The enemy tries to accuse them and cause them to feel guilt and shame and condemnation. They're like, I don't have confidence to pray for you. I'm so messed up. What makes me think my prayers will help you? So we don't do it. We don't pray it more. I believe more fire brings more confidence to pray for the sick, to deliver the oppressed. Paragraph D, there, little d, more compassion. More fire means more compassion for people rather than just, and I'm talking about more compassion for people who are, who've got woke ideology like oozing out of their veins. You're like, ugh. You know, our spirit man, our natural man is like, or, or maybe they have gender dysphoria. That's what I'm going to call it. Gender dysphoria. Transgender is dysphoria. It is a delusion. It is a demon. Well, Jesus looked on those that with delusion, he looked on them with compassion. It wasn't, it wasn't saying, oh, that's fine. It was saying true compassion says, I want to give you the truth. So more fire means more compassion for the lost and for others around us who have different beliefs or who are or weak or stumbling. And then E, more power to resist sin. We need more love, more fire, so that we have more power to say, the fires of hell, the fires of temptation are not going to overtake me. I have the power to say no. James 5 and other, other verses talk, First Peter, I believe, says, submit to God. <clears throat> In other words, say, here I am, Lord. He gives you the fire. Submit to God, then you can resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We've got to have more fire so we can have power to resist the sin that seems to continue to be increasing around us. Okay, so... Paragraph C, big paragraph there. I do have the sense that many here today and online are desperate in an area for God to answer by fire. I believe there's a desperation in your life, in many lives, for God to answer by fire, for God to shift things, for God to turn things around, for God to to break off a habit, 
a sin pattern, uh, an addiction. Holy Spirit, I ask even right now just for revelation here for us to just come to be honest with you. Lord, in that area, in that dysfunctional relationship, Lord, I'm asking for you to answer by fire. You you did it before. I believe you're going to do it again. You're the God who answers by fire. You know, when a forest fire burns a hillside, it changes the landscape. When, it, when a big forest fire, when I went out to the Bastrop fires, it, was, it looked like the moon. Went out there to help some people. We were with Austin Disaster Relief Network. And I don't know if some of those areas have, have, cha- have, looked, have gotten back to where they were before. It's such a permanent, now that was a destructive one. But when God releases, when God answers by fire, there is, a, there is change that lasts. I'm talking about permanent change. Some of you are like, I really need this to not get better for a day and then go back. Are you all with me? I want this to change. I need a shift. I need a turn, a permanent turn. I do pray that our nation will have a permanent turn. Okay? We're going to look at that in a little bit because that 1 Kings 18, Elijah's calling down fire against the prophets of Baal for the nation. For the nation. God's the God who answers by fire. He hears the cry of the desperate heart. I found this in the Passion Translation. I don't know if you could dig this out, Liam, because some places don't have <clears throat> the Passion Translation. I have it in your notes. So I want to I read it here. God answers the cry of a desperate heart. And you know, having a desperate cry is a good thing. You know, God's, God's looking for a Bartimaeus reach from you. And from me. Blind Bartimaeus, he heard that Jesus was passing by. He was blind. He raised his voice so loud over all the other beggars. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him. And Jesus came to him. And Jesus opened his eyes. Hear the cry. He hears the cry of a desperate heart. Thank you so much. Here it is. Psalm 34, 17, 18. When holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts, the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from all their troubles. The Lord is close. Please hear this. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. He's always ready to restore the repentant one. Amen. Let's look at 1 Kings 18. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. We'll look at the text, and then I'll make a few comments, and then we'll be done. 1 Kings 18, verse 20 through 39. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. 
I'll stop right there and say, right there you see a showdown of power. Who's got more power? Because I want to inform you all, the enemy and the kingdom of darkness have power. They've got real power. There's real power happening in our media and throughout our government that's swaying people in a, in a way of darkness. The enemy has power, but God's people, I contend, have more power. And so uh, Elijah's like, all right, let's throw down. If your God's true, then you'll win. If my God's true, then, then my God will win, and I'll win. But the people answered him, not a word. Verse 22, then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. So one guy against 450. He was outnumbered, right? Big time. You know what hit me? If you do the math for Gideon's army, how many did Gideon have? 300. How many Midianites were the 300 fighting against? 135,000. Go to your calculator, divide 135,000 into 300. What do you get? 450 for every one. Same odds. One Elijah, 450 false Baal prophets. One Gideon's army dude. For uh, 450 Midianites. What does that tell us? One versus 450, maybe one versus 20, you know, if you're Chuck Norris. One versus 20, but one versus 450, you're outnumbered and you can't win but God. With God, you can win. One to 450. <clears throat> All right, verse 23. I won't keep in making interjections, but I just had to say that one. Therefore, let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire under it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Verse 24. Then you call in the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. <clears throat> now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many. And call on the name of your God and put no fire under it. <clears throat> so they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So they're like, well, if we start dancing, maybe he'll show up. <clears throat> and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is meditating, maybe he's busy, Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So, you know, Elijah's pretty confident, right? They cried aloud, cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. 
And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Verse 31, and Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then the stones he built, then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two shears of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, look at their response. They fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Outnumbered 450 to 1, said drench the offering, drench the wood. God called down, Elijah called down fire, and it caused people's hearts to turn to the Lord. Praise God. God's going to answer by fire. Don't be discouraged. He's done it before, he'll do it again. I want to make a couple of comments in closing here. Two of them, two comments, really. <clears throat> he answers, as I've said earlier, he implies a question is asked, a cry is heard, a declaration is made. It implies that a longing is felt deep in our bones. I've already really talked about that. But it implies also not only a Bartimaeus reach, but it implies a waiting on God. By waiting with strength, saying, Lord, strengthen me to keep waiting on you. And I believe that the Lord wants to help us to wait for him. Think about how long, I don't know when he'll answer by fire is what I'm saying. Abraham waited 25 years for the promise of a son. Joseph waited 13 years for the promise to come to pass. David waited 22 years. Now, don't get depressed. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be that long. David waited 22 years to be made king. Daniel waited three weeks for the Lord to break through. Hebrews 10.36 
says you have a need of endurance. Go ahead and play or whoever can just play because I want to just kind of zoom us in or you can put something up or something. Thanks. Hebrews 10.36 says, We have need of endurance so that when we've done the will of God, we will receive what's promised. God will answer by giving us more fire. But we've got to dig our heels in, people. We've got to determine, I'm not going anywhere. Your way is the only way. To get more fire, we've got to determine, I can't go anywhere else but to you. And I call out to God now. I make declarations. I ask the Lord, Lord, I'm asking for more fire today. More love, more power. More of you in my life. Common sense will tell you that when God moves, when God answers by fire, something dramatic takes place. I'm going to go ahead and do this. If you can cut the music. If you'll just play this John Wimber clip, because this is going to build our faith, that when God releases fire, dramatic things happen. And in some cases, when God moves, there's, a, there's healings that occur in quick succession. Things happen. It's, the, it's because the waters got stirred. The healing took place. So if you can go ahead and play this. It's an old video clip, but it's, it's so, so inspiring of a time when John Wimber was in a meeting. So go ahead and play that. Back in there. She's, I mean, she's knocking those guys all over the room. <laughs> Wham! Bam! You know? <laughs> this is good. He's <laughs> talking about a lady getting delivered. And you can hear Ken, but, Ken but rebuking is... in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And I'm trying to preach, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was so absurd, you know. <laughs> and every now and then, I mean, I had to make comments about it. So every now and then, I'd stop and smile and say, isn't it wonderful what God can do? You know, blessing. And, <laughs> and people, are, people are seated towards me, but looking over their shoulder. You know, I don't know what they expected. You know. I don't know, you know, it was great. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, that woman was beautifully delivered. Oh, it was precious. When he, he, it took him about two hours of work. Well, in the meantime, the Spirit of God visited the sanctuary. And we saw in about a 25-minute period more miracles than we have ever seen in any other meeting at any other time. Almost everybody we touched was instantly and powerfully delivered and healed. That's God answering by fire. Most powerful moves of the Spirit I've ever seen. And at one point, I had a lady standing in front of me, just a beautifully groomed lady. And uh, uh, she was a black lady, and she, she was very sophisticated, very well-educated. And, uh, and uh, she explained to me that she wanted me to pray for her arm. Well, I couldn't hear her very well because it was noisy. And, and so I, I prayed her a quick prayer, and I said, uh, move your arm. And she said, you don't understand. I can't move my arm. I was born without the muscles that you need to move your arm. I said, oh, well, you don't need a healing. You need a miracle. Receive it! I couldn't believe it. It's the first time I'd ever yell like that. <laughs> and when I said, receive it, she went, <laughs> and started running around the room, going like this. <laughs> it was great. 
It was hot, you know. And I'm standing there looking at her, and I'm so excited. Well, she had her grandmother with her, and her grandmother was about this tall, you know, and about that wide. And she, she was standing next to me, and she was standing there smiling like this, and she had big, big eyes, but she was blind. And uh, they, they were white, you know, across the, the pupils. She had uh, glaucoma. And, and I turned to see her, and, and, I, and I started to say, what do you want? And when I saw that she was blind, but again, before I could stop myself, I'm illustrating command of faith. Before I could stop myself, I said, see! And her eyes turned beautifully limpid, brown pools before the word was wrung out of the room. I looked at that, and I just started sobbing. I had never seen such a miracle in my life. And that lady knew how to get healed. <laughs> oh, man, did she dance. And she grabbed her grandchildren, and she's running around the room, and she's hopping, and she's dancing, and she's laughing and rejoicing. Now, all of those are unctions. All of those are manifestations. They come upon you. They come upon you for the moment. If you hesitate, they're gone. And so you have to learn to be sensitive and, and wait on those things. When they come, you've got to go with them, and you have to go right then. And if you toy with them, they're gone. Amen. Okay. Let's stand All up, right? if you would, dear feet. Let's just get closer to one another just as a people. I'm just <clears throat> not saying you have to hold hands, but I just feel like a, a family right now. I just want to. Isaiah says, calls it the spirit of burning. Burning to burn up the chaff and burning to fill us with faith. Asbury revival, 16 days last year of nonstop worship. That was an hors d'oeuvre for the main course. The Jesus revolution the 70s, was an hors d'oeuvre. The Toronto, the revival in 1994, getting us ready. The Brownsville revival in 95, the renewal with hundreds and hundreds of worship songs being written that were still sung. These are all precursors to God answering by fire. And I just look across this room and I see people who are asking, who are saying, here I am. I will not grow cold. I will dig my heels in and I will stand and see. Just like you answered by fire in our nation in, the, in President Trump's time of Seeing Israel, the, the U.S. Embassy move to Jerusalem. Is Jerusalem recognizes the capital. What a pivotal time. What, a, what a, 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 a powerful demonstration of your love being released in our nation. And then seeing three Supreme Court justices appointed with Amy Comey Barrett having just enough time to be confirmed, and now Roe v. Wade is overturned. We're seeing it. We're seeing the shift. And so, Lord, we are asking for continued answers 
that will shift our own lives and it will shift our nation. Just wait on it. Wait on the spirit of burning. Right now, there's some of you, there's, <clears throat> the Lord wants to consume an area where you've, you thought, well, that will never change. That's <clears throat> irreconcilable. The Lord, I right now just let the fire come and burn that up and let fresh hope arise. <clears throat> Someone has a physical condition and you thought, I've prayed and prayed. I haven't been healed. Lord, answer by fire and release healing. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and ask the ushers to open the doors, but I'm not... I'm I'm dis, I'm dismissing and don't anybody feel like you have to stay but if you want to stay or you feel led to to stay and pray some rapid fire prayer for either our nation or for individual lives to be shifted in a godly way as I've already outlined today just to pray for more fire from heaven to come to our nation. That revival would come. Or that personal revival. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.